Welcome to episode two of Barnsley Museum's podcast. Uh, it's called Sounds a Bit Tinny, um, about the history of Barnsley Canister Company. My name is Stephen Skelly and I work for the Museum Service. And uh, this podcast concerns the history of Barnsley Canister Company, uh, which was an amazing factory um, that, that was founded in 1919, uh, just after the war. It was, a, it was a munitions factory that turned into a great tin factory that sold tins to virtually every corner of the world. The best quality tins of all sizes, shapes and colours would be going out to America, to Africa and to the East. And in the factory, it was a little bit like Barnes's tin answer to Charlie and the Chocolate Factory, uh, where hundreds of workers uh, would in, would work all day long making amazing tins. Uh, nine out of ten of the workers were women um, and it, it was it employed kind of hundreds and hundreds of people through generations right up till its closure in the 1990s. Experience Barnsley Museum is hosting hosting a exhibition and project based on the canister company called Tins 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 and you can see that exhibition up until the end of September. Um, we went out into the community and recorded uh, various ex-workers and collaborators at the factory uh, to find out what life was really like in the factory and there's some wonderful memories that we've collected um, which feature in our exhibition. If you'd like to find out more there's some more interviews on at Barnsley Museum SoundCloud with workers of the factory and you can pop down to the exhibition to kind of find out a, a, a lot more in depth about this amazing part of Barnsley's industrial heritage. So just on to the interviews now. So we're going to start with an interview from Dana Kubik, who is actually from New York, showing the global reach of, of the canister company. Dana first came to Barnsley in 1983, and uh, here's her interview. Well, I, I approached Hunky Dory. I'd already been doing pop-up cards with Hunky Dory. And I had been longing to work in tin, because I've always loved tin toys. And having been thwarted by working with a friend to recreate Victorian tin toys, I thought combining a can, some sort of box or a container with a shaped element to it would have sort of the fun of a tin toy, but be more practical and something that would sort of fit Hunky Dory's range better. So I've made a little mock-up. I took a couple of snuff-sized tins that I had and painted over that, added a clay cat, sleeping cat, on the top and, um, and then did a dog one, dog version as well. Um, and approached Brian Shawcross of Hunky Dory and he said, as he, he's a very wonderful person to work with, he usually said, yes, that's wonderful, let's do it. So I actually went up with him to Barnsley Canister and we met Lawrence Pritchard, who was the head of the develop, uh, design development, and Alan Wade, who was the commercial manager. And I remember sitting at a sort of huge director's table with you know, seats and space on either side with Brian and I on one side and Mr. Pritchard and Mr. Wade on the other side. Uh, Mr. Wade at first said it wasn't going to work, it's not possible. But fortunately, Mr. Pritchard at his side had a much, well, I had color twinkling eyes, but he just, he was so much more receptive and I could just see his creative mind spinning in there. And he asked if he could borrow the tins. He just put his hand over and actually moved the little, the little mock-ups that I had made over to his side of the table, asked if he could borrow it, just to have a look at it. And of course he made them work and we did, cats and dogs that sold in hundreds of thousands. 
and that led to doing a completely three-dimensional tin. The first one I did was a little teddy bear shape, and that sold in the millions, which was really great, especially since I was just moving into a house that had dry rot and damp. And my plumbers thank you, and my um, electricians thank you. And Mark and I got to move into a house that was sort of not falling it down around our ears, mainly because of all these little tins, the royalties from little tins, which has um, really saved our bacon but, but through doing that. And it's something I've loved forever. And I um, this that was the first meeting I had with Mr. Pritchard and Mr. Wade was in April of 1983, because I happened to find the letter where the Mr. Wade wrote to say, it was nice to meet you yesterday, so I know exactly when. So and I'm still doing designing tins now for new companies. And sadly, they usually get manufactured in China, which I don't have the same lovely working relationship that I had with Mr. Pritchard. I miss that. Yeah, so Mr. Pritchard and Mr. Wade were canister company Work for Kenneth Gummies and Brian Shawcross was the link through the That's Hunky right, Dory yeah. Designs. He, he, he did, Hunky Dory Designs uh, commissioned work from people like me and then he he was the one who really made it happen. He knew of Barnsley Canister. Um, I was, I went along with him, but I mean, a lot of times he would just take, do that part of it by himself and he marketed them all incredibly successfully. Um, and so that was the first time that I knew about Barnsley Canister and met anyone there and first time I've actually been to Barnsley. So it was all it was all rather wonderful. It was very lucky because it's been an important part of my design life ever since then. I've done other things and the um, teddy bear tins that I did, which is one of the first shape tins that we did, led to all kinds of things I would have never guessed at the time when I was first doing them. So these bears were from the Barnsley Canister Company were auspicious and they kind of took you yes, places in your yes, life. Yes, absolutely. I mean, there, there were lots of the bear tins sold in, in the millions. I mean, I was, I was told um, that they had a special little presentation box and a gold ribbon ready for the millionth teddy bear to come off the production line. Uh, but I only heard about this afterwards because somebody missed the millionth bear, so they never did it. I was really sad about that because I would have been happy with a millionth seventh bear or the million and two hundred and fiftieth bear. Also, you kind of mentioned kind of when you visited Barnsley Canister Company, um, uh, we kind of the, the the building itself was very higgledy piggledy and kind of uh, went down a big hill. Uh, but kind of um, you kind of can you remember anything about the factory? You mentioned Mr. Pritchard. Uh, you could maybe elaborate on him a bit more. Or well, Mr. Pritchard was um, he was very important in my life because I I have literally been doing tins well on and off, but ever since 1983, and so. How many decades is that? I've sort of lost track. Um, <laughs> and I've, as Stephen has seen, I, my studio sort of almost just about rattles with all the tinware that's in, in here. Um, and I, Mark and I did go back one time and we went to, to see the factory. And we, I was, we were with his two young children who they, they appear in the newspaper printer doing cartwheels. Um, was, was one of the other little images. But we went and they were kindly, kindly took us around to show us the, the factory. And the kids were just amazed that these you know, big, huge machines were actually making the little boxes that they played with at home. So that was a real joy. Was, they're very, everyone at Barnsley was so kind to us and really nice to be with. It was a really lovely experience. <music>
Trevor used to work at the canister company factory um, for, was it 17 years? Yeah. 17. So we're just going to ask him a few questions about his memories he's kindly agreed to share. So, so, so yeah, uh, uh, Trevor, could you tell me when you started working at the canister I factory? I started in February 1974. Uh, and I started in an area what we call dispatch, which were basically loading lorries with boxes of tins to be dispatched all over the country. Uh, and we just basically just maintained general upkeep at factory, which actually gives us access to every floor, every room, everywhere in Barnsley Canister. There wasn't an area that I did not know. We found tunnels, we found streams. There's it, it, it will still be there under Gateway Plaza, that's where Canister Company was, where Gateway Plaza is now. And directly under the bottom of Canister Company was a stream. And it was a weird thing because it was in like an old wooden trough. And when you look at old pictures of Barnsley Canister Company, it looks like some uh, Stalag 13 or Alcatraz or... Uh, uh, what called it? Called it's can. It was nicknamed. A lot of people called it called it's because before we had it painted, it, we had it painted all beige and it, it with smog, an old industrial basley. The place was black, the stone, everything else. And it was an honest to God, it was best 17 years of my life, to be honest with you. Uh, the lads I worked with were absolutely phenomenal. It was it was built as you know, uh, it was on Fitzwilliam Street or it's proper as this for Sackville Street, but Fitzwilliam Street is like that, and that's basically how you went up through factory up ramps up. It it were it were a daunting thing sometimes when you were shoving a big barrel full of tools. When the management decided to expand uh, the uh, sample room, we went through a wall. And it were along it were like an attic room and it were quite long. It were over forty foot long. And we found a a a r p adats all hung up in a row. So uh, we can it we, we assumed at the time we can it's the company being so high up they must have had a watch during the Second World War on that roof. Because it had access, we were in that room, in that attic room. There were access up to the top roof, onto on the top floor, and we, and we just assumed that it was a watch for uh, aircraft coming over or or fires. Uh, because it, you, uh, one summer we were a bit naughty. It was quite warm, and Yorkshire were playing at Shaw Lane cricket, cricket, so we went right up on roof with binoculars, and we got a perfect view at cricket match. <laughs> Brilliant. It, it, me, that was a naughty bit at work. Uh, but it was a perfect job. We has been enjoying a shop. Uh, you could just pick a piece of paper up, a ruler and a saw, and walk all out factory. And nobody questioned you. We did do his work. We did crack on. If we got told to do something, we got it done. And I'll tell you now, if it re-emerged like a phoenix, I'd be there like a shot. Honest to God. 
and the people that I speak to who work there, two sisters who live at one well, Liz and their Jane, they absolutely loved it there. They still, they've got all the gear what they wore, the smocks, the hats, everything. And I speak to them on a regular basis on Facebook. Well, I, I, uh, is there anything else you want to say as we wrap up? I, I, I really don't know. I mean, like when you've gone, when you've gone, it, it might, it might, it might hit me like a bullet. You know, like a, uh, I mean, like seventeen years. There was never a dull moment. It, uh, Christmases were unbelievable. Christmases up in pub, Fitzwilliam across the road. Oh, they were phenomenal. They were oh, it was uh, the only problem with that. I mean, nobody thought about it at times. They used to go. Uh, on the day that we finished at Christmas, we all, at dinner time, we all, obviously we all piled up to the pub. And some just got a bit too much and they got to go back into the factory. Now there were just sheets of metal. Wherever you walked, it was a dangerous place to walk, to be. And when you've had a few beers, you know, and it, uh, thinking back like, I, I don't know how they got away with it. And then when they kicked machines up, the flying through machine like that all had these women had had a drink and being a bit silly and oi you know what I mean Trevor you know you're all right <laughs> Trevor come here we want you what about a Christmas kiss no you're all right see you later bye <laughs> Uh, understand when you worked at the canister company did you for a certain period could you do you mind telling me kind of like what generally what years that was what 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 you what you did i was 15 62 62 1962 mm -hmm. End of 62. yeah we we went working in warehouse where uh all cans came up on a conveyor up to us in warehouse in packages all packed up and we had to uh, stack them into to seal it and what you had to do when they came up this tunnel from factory and onto this conveyor belt uh, we all had to go in the line to where we were stacking them and throw them and they were heavy I mean they were empty cans but there were big packages with about 24 cans in, I think it was. And we had to throw these to each other. And then there were a stack of one and us used to stack, took it in turns. And as the stack got higher, you had to stand on stack to stack them. And then as it got higher still, you had to get ladder and climb up because they took it seal in these cans. But, oh, what fun we had. It was best job I've ever had. Really? Yeah. For fun and being interested in going to work. So there was because a camar camaraderie there? Yeah, it? everybody got on. There were only a few of us, weren't there? Uh, and we all were like more or less same age, not much between us. And uh, it was so funny because, I mean, you used to... You didn't catch everyone, but all cans all over the floor, so we were laughing. Uh, they were all some fun, really good fun. So lots of practical jokes. Were any singing, any singing, yeah. or anything like that, or any any singing? Did it? Did you? Did any? Did any of you sing while you worked? 
No. No, I, 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 definitely not me, because I can't sing. <laughs> well, not in the shackles, Elder Baker, Elder Elder of Coronation Street. Uh, so, like, we all just that same thing in mind, didn't we, at that age? Just wanted to go out and have Yeah, fun. just to... We knew it to work hard to get this money, to have pleasure. And we all loved to go out at weekend. Um, I was telling what hours you worked. Oh yeah, we were, we went. I used to start at half past seven, and I finished about. I think we finished at five. Uh, but there were always some overtime if vans hadn't turned up and they were coming in late. And then sometimes it used to be ten o'clock when I went home. Oh God! That time at morning, and and we used to work Saturday mornings as well. We'd grab that. We'd grab out for more money so we could go and enjoy ourselves at weekends. So that instilled in you that that kind of that the val the value of money, I suppose. Yeah, then, yeah, yeah, yeah. Because I I suppose really going back it must have been way we were all brought up because we were all the same. There weren't one of us that were uh, come from a family that were well off, but uh, but we really did enjoy the job. Like I say, it was. It was so good, there were no bitching and falling out. We just, on a Friday, we all took us rollers to work and put us rollers in it, didn't an hour, you've got an hour, 12 while one. And then we were off on the town at night, call it market for some hairspray and some tights or some stockings, whatever they were then. Uh, and, and we all used to meet up in, at a pub. I mean, we were only 15. And my friend, we went in the pub and she, uh, I was only 16. I went in Bullets Therefore, we went in there on a Friday night from work. And uh, she says to me, police come in, a policewoman, and she says, keep drinking your drink and don't panic. And they took her in the toilet and asked her how old she wanted to tell me. I got away with it. I couldn't sit God, I was scared stiff. I thought, oh. God, because you didn't tell your mum where you were going, you just said, oh, I'm going out, why? Okay, this is um, a museums, um, and the interviews with Mrs. Uh, Regina Lockwood-Dukes. So, it, you know, it, what it, there were accidents, there were accidents. Anywhere where you're working with things that's razor sharp, if them... If they weren't stat right, or if somebody knocked it, and you, you just hear a shout, they slide in and everybody just shoots to get out of the way. Because if they'd have eaten your hot legs, they would, have, they would have really, really made a mess. And, but it happened. It happened. Uh, you know, one, one lady, and as she worked on round set, but she was making round trees. And it was a massive died that it came and they pressed a pedal and the tray went up into the machine and it, it, it sort of curled edges round to, to take sharpness off and Mary, Mary the called Mary Holt and she were a lovely, lovely woman and 
She, she, I don't, and to this day, I don't think anybody would know how she'd done it. She put this tray up and she, it come down and she looked at it. She moved the tray and she goes, oh, <laughs> you know, pardon my friends. She goes, and she picked this tray up and she set off. And she set an end on her finger off. Oh, no. And it was laid out tray. And she, she set off. Throw thing down steps, that little yard, and nurse's office. We're on Fitzwilliam Street. You, you came past nurse's office through clocking in place. So she's running down, down to this to nurse's office with her finger on tree. <laughs> and but it had gone. I mean that were before days when they just whipped her in, you know. But these things happened. You know, they happened. So they had a, a nurse on site? Oh, yeah, yeah. Did, they, did the management, did they look after the workers? Was it a good place to work? Or? I suppose, it was like anywhere else. It, it were a, there were nice people. Well, I always th- found it so. There were always a, a nice spirit of everybody in the month. Because there were older women as well. There were women who had worked there as a younger person, then they stopped work as they did in them days to have families, and then they went back part-time. So I, I don't know whether it wouldn't be one at first places in, in Barnsley that worked round women who had families because you, it were either 7.30 till 4.30, or you could work 7.30 till 12.00, or one till four thirty, and then there were an evening shift, five o'clock while ten. So it supported women and all the all the domestic work, yeah. the families they had to bring up. Yeah, they they could work around the families, you know. So there were a lot of women went back on part time because it suited them. It suited them. It fitted in with the families. And when when I had our Joanna, I went back for about six months back on. I think she got to about three year old and I went back on evening shift. But I did like it. I did like Tim Factory. And it were it were interesting you saw what were you know they used to have us I mean you've talked about going to races and that. Well, I never came across that, but that's perhaps because I were young, courting, got in, you know, getting married and it were all about saving up and the were there were Quite a few of us all at the same time got married within months of one another. Were there lots of camaraderie? Yes, always, always. Well, I found it so anyway. You know, when there's a lot of women together, there can sometimes be a lot of bitching as well. And I don't think it were ever like that at Tim Factory, never. You know, it were... the, The various departments didn't make particularly mix, but that were because when you were in work, you were in work and you were doing what you needed to do. Uh, same as like, the, the ones that worked at print shop, apart from chap that brought stuff up on pallets, I don't think I could have told you, I could have picked any single woman out that worked in that print place. I only ever went down down there twice, and it was because ladies' toilets on our level were bunged up. <laughs> so we had to go to the print shop, and it was like descending into Hades, and and smell, because the baked all 
fab paint onto it, metal. And you, you always knew when there were a big print run, you could smell it all of the time. And you, 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 you could smell it everywhere. Everywhere, of it, all over that end of town, you could smell canister company. Well, what amazing stories uh, kind of we had there. Kind of, um, it's just a testament to the great and good uh, of Barnsley's industrial past and uh, how wonderful uh, life uh, and the production was at Barnsley Canister Company. Um, so um, we're going to finish the podcast now, but I just wanted to say, if you do want to find out more, please do come and visit our exhibition. Um, it ends at the end of September 2019. Um, and also you can find more interviews on SoundCloud and visit our website at www.barnsley-museums.com. Thank you. <laughs>